amen and amen. Christmas to you, Central Park Baptist Church. Amen. Amen. Have y'all ever seen those uh, those uh, TVs, those televisions? They, they have some apps. It's like you have this big 4K, 5K, or 8K, or whatever it is, these big TVs, and you can put it on a station, and it just plays a video of a fire in a fireplace. Y'all ever seen those? It just plays the video of the fire in the fireplace. And some people put it on just to, to have the fire. And it looks so real because of the definition is so, so good. It looks like it's a real fire burning. But you see, there's one thing wrong with that. A real fireplace has warmth. And that's something that you can't get from the TV. Now, I know we have YouTube and Facebook Live, and we have the streaming where you can watch Central Park Baptist Church online. But guess what? Unless you're here in person, you don't have that warmth. You don't have that warmth. Amen. Okay, let me go, because I'm getting ready to preach right here. But <laughs> Good morning, Central Park Baptist Church. Merry Christmas, Central Park Baptist Church. Hey, man, I'm, I'm excited to be amongst uh, all these warm bodies this morning. I'm glad I'm here in person so we can experience the real warmth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen? Hey, man, if you're able to rise, we'd like for you to join us in singing hymn 118, hymn 118, The Way of the Cross Leads Home. The Way of the Cross Leads Home, and then we'll have an opening word of prayer. The Way of the Cross Leads Home, hymn 118. Hymn 118, hymn 118, the way of the cross leads home. I must leave.
Let's pray. Father, I thank you for just this day. I thank you for your son's day, and I pray we would just uh, have open ears and an open heart to receive your word. Um, but Father, bless this time. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen and amen. And as we continue to sing hymns, we'd like for you to turn to hymn 94. Hymn 94, what child is this? Hymn 94, hymn 94, what child is this? Sing along. Oh, what child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch our keeping. This is this Christ.
I'm thankful that we have the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, came and died on the cross for us. Amen. I'm thankful he didn't stay in a manger. Amen. amen. Come on, are y'all still here? Say amen. amen. Hymn number 323. Let's sing that hymn. Verily, verily, I say unto thee. Verily, verily. Hymn number everlasting life but I saw one person in this audience I'm not going to point them out but they weren't smiling when we were singing that chorus this is something to smile about so let's sing verily verily one more time the chorus but let's do it with a smile amen here we go oh verily verily I say unto you verily verily message ever new Central Park Baptist Church, you may be seated. 
We're glad that you're here this morning. Uh, welcome to our service. I want to encourage everyone to get a bulletin because there's almost no announcements we're going to make this morning. They need, they're in the bulletin. Amen. I want to welcome all of our visitors that are here today. If you're a visitor at Central Park Baptist Church, we want to thank you for being here today. If this is your very first time and you did not receive a visitor card, if you'll slip your hand up, I'm going to ask you, the ushers will get one to you if you did not get one. Uh, good. It looks like we've got everyone uh, a visitor card. Please fill that out. After the service in the foyer underneath the welcome sign, I'll be standing behind the desk. If you'll come and bring me your card, I will give you a, uh, a gift bag for coming and being our visitor today. I also want to remind folks that next Sunday is Christmas. Amen. Next Sunday is Christmas, and at 10 o'clock in the morning, we'll be having one service. Amen. One service, 10 o'clock in the morning. It won't be a real long service be done by, I don't know, 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, no, uh, it won't be real long, but I want to encourage you to be a part of it. This is the time of year that folks will come to church, so I want to invite you to that. And then there's one more thing I want to tell you about. It. And uh, Many folks asked me about my son and how they're doing in the Philippines. They had a special Christmas push this last week. They had over 500 people receive Christ as Savior during this push. And then this morning, which is now night there, but this morning they had over 50 visitors, first-time visitors, and many folks baptized this morning as well. So thank you for your prayers and your support of the Amen. ministry there in the Philippines. Thought you'd like to know. Pastor? Amen. Thank you, Brother Mark. That's an awesome thing. Amen. Amen. No, that's really an awesome thing. Amen. Amen. And, uh, and, and the thing about that is we have a part in that. Yes, Amen. Amen. Right. And uh, only we'll never know this side of heaven the impact that we had on people. So I'm thankful uh, for you giving, that's what missions dollars does. Amen. Uh, for and they, by the way, they get every penny of every dollar you send. That's right. That's right. Amen. We don't take out ten percent for uh, administration fee right, right, and all right. that stuff. Amen. They get it. If you send it, it goes right to them. Amen. So uh, I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful that uh, you're giving church. Amen. Let's never take that for granted either. Amen. Uh, because the Lord Jesus Christ set the best example that we could possibly have in giving. Yep. He gave us the best gift that anyone could ever give. He gave himself, amen. amen. So when it comes time for an offering at, at this moment of today, God help us to give and be cheerful in our giving because the Bible says that God loves a... Yeah, that's one. That's the kind that means hilarious. Amen. Well, praise the Lord, look what I get to put in here, Amen. amen. give it back. Press down, shaking together and running over. Shall men give unto your bosom. Amen. So God bless you this morning as you give. Dear Father, we're thankful, Lord, today for our people. Thank you, God, for our guests that are here this morning. And Lord, uh, they didn't come today to hear from me, but God, they came to hear from you. And I pray, Lord, that you'd please, God, help me to stay out of your way today, Lord. And God, that you'll minister to our hearts, Lord, and our thoughts. And God, may we just give you this time, Lord. May we, uh, Lord, not allow our minds to wander and, uh, God, uh, about things, Lord. But, God, help us this moment of this time today to give you our thoughts, Lord, and, and uh, God, to give you ourselves for just a little while today. And, God, I pray that we'll be givers of this offering. And, Lord, we give you the praise for the gift and for the giver, asking you to bless it, Lord. And may we be good stewards of it in Jesus' name. 
Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. Sherry, if we could get you to join your husband up here just for a moment. It's Christmas, Christmas and birthdays. You got to get out of yourself and come on. <laughs> uh, we want to wish you and preacher a very Merry Christmas. And our church has a presentation. Amen. Amen. At this, at this time, we just want to, uh, on behalf of the Central Park Baptist Church congregation and everyone, we just want to show uh, our appreciation. We, we talk about uh, giving. And uh, I can personally attest, and I know many here can attest, that uh, there's not been here in this area just a more giving couple than uh, Brother and Mrs. Mrs. White. They've given so much not only to this church, but to this, this community. And so uh, we just want to share with you some of the Christmas cheer that you've shared with us, not only just now, but just throughout the year uh, at this time. And so we present this to you. Just a little, yeah. And from, from Mrs. Mrs. White. <laughs> and so we just want to say Merry Christmas to Pastor Mrs. White. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Now, if you're able to rise, I, I'd like for you to, to turn to hymn 106, hymn 106. And I'd like to ask you a trivia question here as we turn to hymn 106. For those of you who know the Christmas story, how many kings were there that, were, that presented themselves to the baby, the baby Jesus? How many kings were there as we turn to hymn 106? Huh? Hymn 106 says, we three kings of Orient are. But how many kings were there according to the King James Bible? <laughs> Mrs. White gave the right answer. There were at least two. The Bible actually does not state the actual number. There may have been 73. There may have been 100, a, a but we don't know. The tradition says three because they gave the three gifts of what? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But the King James Bible never really says that there were three kings. Amen. A little Christmas trivia for you. Amen. Hymn 106, We Three Kings of Orient at the conclusion of this song, we will uh, ask that those who are fifth grade and under, if there's any in here, I'm not seeing a lot of kids here, fifth grade and under, they'll be dismissed to junior church at the conclusion of this hymn. Amen? Amen. Oh, we three kings of Orient are bearing gifts we traverse afar. Oh, star of one. 
born a king. Born a king of Bethlehem's plain. Gold I bring, so crown him again. King forever, see, sing never over all to reign. Oh, star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. Last verse, at the conclusion of the last verse, fifth grade and under, dismissed the junior church. Here we go. Glorious now, behold him arise, King and God as sacrifice. each other at this time as we prepare for this morning special. Savior, but 
children with the lamb and lion will play and all the earth will be so filled with his glory no need for crying for all tears are wiped away coming soon Jesus in all his glory, not just a Savior, but a reigning King. Coming soon, and the whole world will be witness. Oh, be ready, for he is coming soon. John chapter 1. Amen. John chapter 1. Now, please remember, next Sunday morning at 10 a.m., something is taking place. Oh, y'all y'all, still with me? Say amen. amen. Something's taking place. We're going to celebrate the Lord's birthday. Amen. So uh, you come at 10 a.m., bring someone with you. And uh, we'll just have a good time in the Lord, and we will be through by, I mean, by two, three, like Brother Marco said, you know. Uh, Y'all didn't even say nothing. I mean, it got really quiet. You ever let an air out of a balloon? That's what that was right there. Uh, but no, but 10 o'clock next week, we'll have about an hour, and, uh, but we, we cannot, and let me say this nicely, we cannot have Christmas and leave Christ out. Can't do it. And so the 25th, I mean, it's, that's his birth. That's when we celebrate his birthday. So I want to encourage you to come and uh, be here that next Sunday morning. All right? This afternoon, 2 o'clock, we're talking about Moses. We're still talking about him. He's the emancipator that God chose, and it's an, uh, pretty interesting. So be, please be back 2 o'clock this afternoon ready for that. All right? John chapter 1, verse 1, find your place, say amen. amen. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the, dark, or excuse me, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. Wait a minute, let me go back. What was his name? Huh. Not John the Baptist? It's just John? He was a Baptist, though. But his name was only John. Okay, I just thought I'd throw that, clear that up, all right? Because some people think that was his name, by the way. That wasn't his name, all right? Now, the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. 
But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Father, help us this morning, bless us. Uh, God bless the reading of your word today, and and Lord, I pray it again that for the next few moments, God, that you'd please speak to our hearts, that we would allow you through the Holy Spirit of God to, to speak to us, Lord. And, and then, God, during the invitation, whatever the need might be, Lord, maybe there's someone here that's not saved. I pray, God, that they'll come and get saved. Lord, perhaps there's someone here that uh, just not living for you like they ought to live. I pray, God, that they'll come and, and repent, get their life right with you, Lord. So, God, whatever the need might be, Lord, I pray that they'll come and Lord, just to, again, do business with you, Lord, today, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, if you haven't noticed, Christmas, full swing. Yep, I mean, houses are lit up with all the Christmas lights. I mean, all of the uh, Arab Santas are out in the yard, at least at night. Anyway, they're standing up, maybe not so much during the day, you know. How many of y'all have an Arab Santa in your yard? Anybody? How many of y'all got lights on your house? Anybody? Well, there's a few in here that do okay. rest of us, we're just, you know, by humbug on the lights. Uh, but, but, but Christmas is really rolling. I mean, traffic around the malls, you can't get in, you can't get out. Uh, but Christmas, watch, is more than a personal event. It's more than a cultural event. Sometimes we have a tendency, and I've asked Brother Wuzh in this, uh, do Koreans celebrate Christmas? Well, the answer to that ought to be yes. Y'all follow me? Say amen. Because Christmas is more than just a cultural event. The real message of Christmas is not a, a long, long ago in a galaxy far away, Santa was born. Amen? That's not, that's not Christmas. Christmas is all about the fact that Jesus Christ came. Christmas is, uh, Christmas is all about the fact that Jesus Christ came. Yeah. Amen, Brother White. That's what Christmas is all about. Uh, Christmas is more, again, than just a personal event. Uh, we call this first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ his incarnation. The incarnation refers to the, the event that when God became a man, and the, and the Bible, uh, again, has a lot to say about his incarnation. And I believe our text that we read this morning is one of the most beautiful passages of Scripture uh, concerning the meaning of Christ's coming. And by the way, if you, get the, if, if you get the first five verses of John chapter 1 wrong, then I, I promise you, you will have a deficient doctrine. You follow me? Say amen. Amen. Uh, the meaning of his coming is the real meaning of Christmas. So while we all have our own personal memories of Christmas, and we can share those later if you want to do that with one another, but it, it's extremely important for us to take the time as, we, as we're doing right now this morning and as we're going to do again next Sunday at 10 a.m. to remember the person who gives Christmas its real meaning. Now, the first 14 verses of John chapter 1, they talk about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are several things that we can see here, several things that I think that will help us today to really grab hold of the meaning of Christmas. And the first is found in verses 1 through 3. 
And it's about Christ's uh, supremacy. In other words, he is God over us. John chapter 1, let's read those verses again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now here we see the fact of the Lord's supremacy, that he is God over us. And we can all say amen, or at least we better say amen, because listen, whether we recognize it or not, God is supreme. Amen. Amen. The picture we have here is of Christ's pre-incarnate state and that uh, that eternal heavenly realm with God. And and John here calls him the Word. And by the way, he is the perfect revelation of who God is. If you want to know who God is, then you got to get in the Word. You got to read it. You got to, and not only you get in the Word, but you have to allow the Word to get into you. Amen. Uh, it says that uh, the Christ was the Word, and He was with God, and the Word was God. And I went back and and, and studied. This. There's not much difference in the in the wording, but the Greek reads this way: In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the what and and God was the Word. Now Christ and God are. Now let's say it again. Christ. This is you know class participation. Christ and God are one. Absolutely. The baby Jesus we worship at Christmas is not and was not a mere mortal baby. The picture of the baby Jesus in a manger is a picture of God becoming a man. Now, I've asked the question, well, how did he do that? Well, let me give you a real deep theological answer to that. I don't know. And if you can figure it out, you can let me know. But God, listen, I don't understand how God, the universe that he created, cannot contain him. I don't understand how the flesh and uh, this body can contain God in the flesh. I don't understand that. But this is exactly what we're seeing here in the manger. But before Christ came to the manger, watch this, he existed in eternity as God. He was there from the beginning. And if you look in verse 2, how we can see that. Has anybody ever asked you, oh, hey, where are you from? Hey, where are you from? Oh, yeah, Ohio. That, yeah, Ohio. You got to be from somewhere, amen? Brother Marco's from Ohio. Where are you from? Mississippi. Where are you from? You, you follow me? We're, we're all, we're, everybody's from somewhere. That's the best way to get a conversation started with anybody. Hey, where are you from? I ask everybody that. Because in just a moment, I can get a conversation started, and I can begin to talk to them, and eventually I'm going to get it to where I can talk to them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But notice we hear, here it says, in the beginning. Now, if you were to ask Christ that same question, hey, where are you from? You know what he would say? I'm from the beginning. Amen. I mean, listen, the Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says in the beginning. Come on, are y'all still Y'all got to wake up this morning. Amen. Come on, wake up. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. In the beginning, God. Absolutely. I mean, listen, the Christ of Christmas is the God of eternity. You can go back into eternity as far as you want to go, and guess who's going to be there waiting on you? God is going to be there. Why? Because God is from the beginning. You see, the supremacy of Christ means that God is over us. Romans chapter 9 and verse 5, it says this, 
whose are the fathers, and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came. Watch, and then it says, who is over all. God bless forever. Amen. Listen, the Lord God is over all creation. It may not look like he's in control, but I'm letting you know God is in control. Nothing has slipped through his fingers. Nothing has gone in a way that, listen, where he has just completely lost control. God is completely in control. And we know that all things will work together to the good, to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. Listen, God is supreme. And he's in control. Look in Colossians chapter 1. Turn to Colossians chapter 1 and look in verse 16 through 18. Colossians chapter 1. I'm waiting on you. I can hear pages turning. That's a good thing. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. It says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body. Comma. The church. It's not my church. I have people all the time say, man, brother, why we really like your church. It's not my church. This is the Lord's church. Look what it says. And he, Christ, is the head of the church, or head of the body, the church. Watch, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in all things he might have, and here's that word, preeminence. Listen, these verses give us another picture of the supremacy and preeminence of Christ in relation to creation and to the church. And the bottom line is that Christ existed as God and that by him all things were created and he is the head of the church. He is over all things. He is supreme and he is the God of whom we are to worship and he is the God of Christmas. Amen. He is God over us. Look in verse 4 and 5 in John chapter 1. We see his advocacy. He is God for us. You know, every once in a while, uh, have you ever been in a position where you just wish somebody would step up in your defense? I mean, do we not, uh, all of us at one time or another, whether it be on the job or in our families, wish sometimes someone would step up for us and say, wait a minute, that's not right, you leave them alone. Come on, we're all here. I'm telling you, there's times I I was talking to a preacher the other day that's going through some things, and I said, listen, I want you to know I'm praying for you. And he said, brother, I appreciate it. Listen, I'm I'm glad that there are people today that will step up in our defense. I was talking to a preacher friend of mine just a Friday, and I was, man, we were talking about some things, and he was telling me that he was talking to someone, and I'm not going to give all the details, but, but he stepped up and he said, listen, I want you to know, and he called my name and said, he is my friend, and he was sitting on the board of directors on, in a certain place, and he said, listen, he is my friend, he will continue to be my friend, and if you want my resignation, I'll give it to you today. And I said, praise the Lord, amen. Listen, I was thankful that somebody stepped up in my defense. Well, I'm here to let you know today someone has stepped up in your defense. Come on, amen. 
The fact that, that Christ is God over us can be a frightening thing, but the Bible reveals that this king of the universe cares for his subjects. That is you and that is me. He is holy and just and righteous. And one day, listen, he will be the judge of all the earth, but today he is our advocate. He is our lawyer. He is our attorney. And when the devil goes before God and says, listen, I'm telling you, I was watching Marco the other day and and you should have seen what he did and you should have seen how he acted. And Jesus steps up and says, wait a minute. He belongs to me. He's under the blood. He's been washed. His name's been written down. And God steps up and says, case dismissed. Praise the Lord. Listen, if that don't make you happy, something is wrong with your salvation. I'm thankful today that I have an advocate and that, listen, that God is for us. Look in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Now, I like these verses. Romans chapter 8. And let's start reading in verse 28. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. Found your place. Say amen. I just quoted this a moment ago. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be saved or lost. Oh, amen. That's not what that said. Let's go back again. I mean, you got your King James Bible. Say amen. Let's go back. And we know that all things work together for the good to them who love God and are the call according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow. You know why he did foreknow? Because he's God. God knows everything. If he don't know everything, present, past, I mean future, he can't be God. So whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to, to do what? To be conformed. To, to who? Huh. I guess that gave the answer. In other words, when Jesus comes back and the trump of God sounds and, 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 and we hear those words, come up hither, we will be transformed. Are y'all still here? Say amen. Listen, I'm not going to, this old body that I have right now, I tell people, listen, God has a sense of humor because I'm actually 6'2". And I got black hair, I mean, all the way down to my eyebrows. And, but he has scrunched me down in this body. And it's, I'm telling you, it's a tight fit. Amen. I mean, but one day, guess what? I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of this body, this, body, this tabernacle. Listen, uh, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And so when I am raptured out of here, I'm going to receive a body. I'm going to be transformed into the image of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that is, I have been predestined as a child of God to be transformed. Listen, I'm thankful today that we can know that. Look in verse 31. I'll not read all of it. And it says, what shall we then say to these things? Well, what can we say? Well, if God be for us, who can be against us? You know, when people get after me and uh, they say, start saying all kinds of stuff, you know what I tell them? I'm just telling God on you. Why? Because if God be for me, who can be against me? 
Listen, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but I'm telling God on you. Amen. Amen. Listen, John goes on and he tells us that what the light shines in the darkness. Christ is the light of the world. And listen, he came to shine on men. And the fact that he left his throne, that he left heaven, testifies that he loves and he cares for us. He didn't wait for us to come. Brother Shelton sings a song, the gulf that separated me from Christ my Lord. Listen, the gulf was so so vast I could not afford. He said, but then he goes on, he said, but he came to me. Listen, I couldn't get to where he was, so he came to where I was and clothed. And why did he do that? Why did he clothe? Because he is for me. Because he's for me. The incarnation of Christ, watch, is not the only reason, though, we know that God is for us. The cross of Calvary is a reminder of, that God loves us. Amen. Romans 5, 8, it even says it, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know why? Because he's for us. Listen, he is for you. I'm thankful that I have somebody that's for me. You know, even when I mess up, guess what? He's still for me. Uh, when I do things wrong, and listen, as long as we're in this stuff right here called flesh, I'm telling you, you're going to make mistakes. All of us, we're all made out of the same stuff. Amen. Uh, but I'm thankful that God is for me. And he died and that his blood cleanses us from all our sin. Why? Because he's for us. But notice the next verse in verse 14. Look back in John chapter 1, look in verse 14. This verse tells us, of Christ's humility, uh, that he is God with us. It says, John tells us, the word was made flesh. Turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, and look in verse 21. Matthew chapter 1, look in verse 21. It says, and she shall bring forth a son, And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is, what's it say? God with us. Man, you talk about humility. That's humility. Uh... The incarnation that God would be clothed in this flesh, that's humility. That's the height of humility. The height, listen, not only was he born, but he grew. Right. Amen. Amen. He became a man, and they beat him to death, or beat him half to death. They, I'm, I'm telling you, they tried to. Yeah. Listen, that's humility. To, to allow them to nail him to a cross, that's humility. Yeah. He did that. Why? Because. He's God with us. Listen, God has identified with us, and that's what the babe in the manger is all about. You see, in the book of Philippians, we have a beautiful account of Jesus leaving the throne of heaven uh, to be made by man. And if you look in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 7, it tells us, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. You know, the Lord humbled himself by laying aside his privileges, coming to the earth among us. You know, people wrong us, and we want to, well, we want to give them a piece of our mind. Be careful, that may be all you got. 
Don't give it away too soon, amen. Y'all seriously, amen. You know, we want to get revenge. We want to give, give them what for. Listen, that's what's wrong with society nowadays. That's why you're seeing road rage and all this other stuff is because people, they want to take their, their action of revenge on whoever did them wrong and they want to do it immediately. Well, listen, I'm thankful that I wasn't God. Amen. Listen, I'm telling you, the first time they tried to sneak up on me and, 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 and shove me off a cliff, I would have zapped them dead right there. Right, right, right. The first time somebody took a nail, listen, and stuck it up on my hand, and, and I'm looking over here and seeing a, a Roman soldier about to drive that nail through my hand, I'm telling you, he'd be a puff of dust. But the Lord didn't do that. He humbled himself. Listen, in London, just across the street from where Charles Wesley and Isaac Watts and uh, Daniel Defoe were buried uh, is the home of John Wesley. And he died on March 2nd, 1791. And it, it said that just before he died, he opened his eyes. And the last words that he said were, the best of all is, God is with us. Listen, I'm thankful that, you, listen, God's with us right now this morning. It's not me. Listen, I was telling someone this morning, the older I get, the more I realize it's not me. It's God that does it. Listen, I'm telling you, anything that we have or anything that we are able to do is because of God that, that does it through us. And, and the best that we can do is empty ourselves of this, this flesh and say, God, listen, it, it's all about you. And, and, and listen, whatever you want me to do, that's exactly what I'll do. That is the best that we can do. Why? It's because God is with us and he's for us. But notice in verses 10 through 13, he is God in and through us. Uh, it, the God, watch this, who is over us, with us, came to live in us and through us. And so here we see Christ's potentiality that he is God in and through us. So when the Lord came into the world, watch, the world didn't even recognize him. I'm here to let you know they still don't recognize him today. I mean, when Jesus came to the world, they, the Bible says he came unto his own, and his own what? Yeah. I've had people say, oh, I'm telling you what, if the Lord were to come today, man, you could count. No, no, wait a minute. He's already been here once. Listen, they, they, look how they treated him. A kind individual that, that brought the, 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 the word of God that was the light of men that healed the sick, made the lame to walk, the deaf to hear, the blinded eyes to see, he raised the dead. Listen, he, he, I don't doubt that he raised more than just Lazarus. Lazarus was just the only one that we heard about. But I'm here to let you know that he came and did all those things and he came to give us eternal life and they crucified him. But he's still alive today in us. I mean, they rejected him. Uh, but Christ came into the world when he died. Watch, he died in order to forgive us of our sin. How many sinners do we have here today? Yep. All of us. We're all sinners. Well, when he came and died, he ascended back to the throne. And then he sent someone else. He said, it's expedient that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter cannot come. That comforter means one just like me. It means another just like me. And that another is the Holy Spirit of God. And 1 Corinthians 6.19, it says this. What? Know ye not 
that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost of God, which is in you, and ye are not your own? Listen, we have a tendency sometimes to think, man, wait a minute, that's mine. You know, I can do what I want. I'm grown. Can't wait till I get out of high school, man. I'm going to get out on my own. Amen. I'm going to do what I want when I want. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Then you get a job. Or I've, I've met some really bright, genius individual that they go and join the military. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. Listen, you're not your own. Even today, this morning. Why? Because you've been bought with a price. You say, how were we bought? Well, in the beginning, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's God that's with us. You see, when a believer comes to Christ, that person has the privilege to become inhabited with God. John 14, 20. You can write these down. It says, at that day ye shall know that I am in, I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. You know, listen, we've got to be careful how we act and where we go because we're taking the Holy Spirit of God with us. Amen. That's right. Yeah. Romans 8, 9, it says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in us, or in you, no, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. In other words, if you don't listen, if you, if you don't have the Spirit of God in you, then you're not saved. 2 Corinthians 6.16, it says, And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. And as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and will be their God, and they shall be my people. Listen, I'm here to let you know today that you are the temple of the Spirit of Almighty God. If you are born again, child of God. If you're, listen, if you have not been saved, then the Spirit of God is not in you, and you don't belong to Him. You know, listen, there's been time. Have you ever had other people's children really act up? Have you ever been in the grocery store or in the mall and seen? I've, I've been in the mall and I've seen kids fall down on the ground. They're going, ah, you know, and I'm doing, and they're doing all this stuff. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking, Lord, if you could give me just a couple of minutes with them, I think I could help that mama and daddy. Amen. You know, the Bible says, but you say, well, what'd you do? I just went around them and went on about my business. You know why? They're not mine. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of people today that claim to be saved, but they've never been chastened of the Lord. And you know why? You know why folks have never been chastened and they live out in the world, do the things that the world does, and they never recognize Christ, who he really is? Because they don't belong to him. Because the Bible states that if, he be, if we belong to him and we sin, he'll chasten us. He said he chastened those whom he loveth. And I'm telling you, if you've ever been chastened by the Lord, you only need to do that once. Yeah, I was telling folks Wednesday night that, we we were at home the other day, and a tornado came right over my house again, second time. Yeah, and, and I asked somebody stopped by and said, "Man, did that tornado come through here?" I went, "Yes, I had stuff all over the side of my house. Didn't tear up much, you know, just a few little things." 
and I'm looking at my wife after a while, and I'm going, honey, I think, you know, it, me or you, one, need to get, you know, something's going on here. Yeah, she's not in here, so I can say that. But you know, I'm sa- you know, you know what brings me to that kind of stuff so quickly? Um, I've been to God's woodshed yeah. once, long time ago, and I'm telling you, I didn't like it. So when I get wrong, and I get wrong, I get right. You know why? Because my Father loves me, and He's for me. And I don't want anything to separate me from him. You know, the only person that can separate you from him is you. I mean, if you're a child of God and the Spirit of God lives in you, the only person that can keep you from having a right relationship with him is you. If you're saved. But if you're lost, you'll never have a relationship with God. You'll never even be able to talk to him. Because the Bible says that your iniquities have separated between you and God. I want him to be close to me. You know, we can, we can today know that he loves us because he is for us. Paul tells us in Galatians 2.20 that it's a privilege to have Christ living his life in and through us. Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ. It's not I, but Christ that lives in me. Man, I'm thankful today that I have Christ in me. Because there's a lot of times when I want to make a decision, and, and, and Brother Shelton was teaching about this today, about David. He, he got in trouble once because he acted off the cuff, and he wanted to kill somebody right away. And, but then later on in his life, he kind of matured a little bit, and something went bad, and, and, and he didn't do anything right away. You know why? I believe he was talking to God about it and saying, you know, I need to step back and, and think about this a little bit. And listen, if Christ lives in you, when it comes time for you to make a decision today, you can step back a little bit and say, well, why did I have to know something right then? Then listen, then don't make it. Don't do it. Take some time. I, the, the decisions of this church, I tell our men, listen, I want you to pray about this for a couple of weeks, and I want you to, and then you come back and let me know what God tells you, and we'll pray about this together. Why? Because there is a God today that lives in us. It'll tell us, and if we give him some time and spend some time with him, he'll tell us exactly what to do and how to do it. He'll do the same thing for you. When it comes time for you to buy that Christmas gift, you know, listen, there are a lot of people go in debt during Christmas. It takes them all year to pay it off just so they can do it all over again. You don't have to do that. Well, now, if you want to buy me something, I guess that's all right. I'm just kidding. Y'all look at me so serious sometimes. But listen, you know, we can be care- we need to be careful about the decisions that we make. And we can ask God what to do. Why? Because God lives in us. And as we allow the Son of God to live in us and through us, then we'll be able to communicate his love to other people. You know, because Christ is in us and I'm close to the Lord, um, I, I can have a better relationship with my brother in Christ. Right, right. I can, right. I can treat them right. Have you ever noticed the older you get, the, it's easier just to, my, my kids tell me, Dad, you turned into a, a, a blubber kind of person. You know, you cry about everything. Well, I like to say that maybe it's because I've got a better relationship with the Lord today than I had five years ago. And, and, and the things that we used to sweat, the small stuff, don't mean as much to me today. But what means the most is 
my relationship with my brother and sister in Christ and my, and my church family. Listen, that's what makes the difference. Why? Because it's Christ in us that makes a difference. Listen, on that special night, think about this. Some 2,000 years ago in a little town of Bethlehem, there was a virgin woman by the name of Mary who her and her husband was turned away from an inn because there was no room. The reason they were there was because a census was being taken and there was found no place for them when they went. So they found shelter in the best place they could find in a stable, in a manger. And it was in that manger with all those animals, the king of kings, the creator of all things, the creator of man himself, he was born in a stable. It was in a stable that God became a man. And he came because he loved you. He came because he wanted you to be his. And that's what Christmas is all about. Just as there was a census taken over 2,000 years ago, there's another census being taken right now, this morning. And the census is in your heart and in your thoughts. And you're going to decide this morning, today, right now, if you have room for the Lord Jesus Christ or not. You make that decision. Next Sunday at 10 o'clock when we have worship or when you're with your family. And listen, you're going to make a decision to keep Christ in your Christmas or not. You see, we have a tendency at Christmas to just rip open packages and we come in under the tree and we never, we never stop. And, and give time to the Lord Jesus Christ, whom Christmas is all about. Listen, a census is being taken. There will be a lot of people today or on Christmas Day that have no room for the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I ask you something? In all honesty and sincerity, will you be one of those? I trust not. I trust that you today will start something in your home and you'll give time to the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, make room for him. In every day, not, not just on Christmas, but every day. Listen, he is in us, with us, for us, over us. But he wants to be my friend and your friend. You see, there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's my savior, he's my king. And he came and was born in a manger just for me and just for you. Do you love him? Is he, is he preeminent in your life? If he's not, he ought to be. If he's not, he ought to be. You say, well, preacher, when do I start? Right now. Father, help us, Lord, this morning. Lord, it is a, just a simple something this morning, God, that I tried to share with folks about John and, and how he wrote it in, in the first 14 verses of John chapter 1. And God, how you became flesh and dwelt among us. God, you came into your own, and your own received you not. Lord, they knew who you were, but God, they still chose not to receive you. Lord, I pray, God, that we'll, we will not do that today. God, you came to us this morning in the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. And Lord, if those folks that are here are saved, then God, you live in us. And I pray that, Lord, that just for a few moments this morning, that surely we can come today and just give you, just pay homage to you, Lord. Just bow our head and bend our knee and 
and just love on you and tell you thank you, God, for loving us and for coming. I'm thankful, Lord, that you came to me. Lord, if I'd have been the only one, you'd have came to me. Lord, if, there, if there's someone here that's lost, and God, if they would be the only one, you would have come for them. Lord, speak to hearts this morning and touch us. And Lord, I, I don't know really how to give an invitation today, but God, you know the hearts of people that are here. You don't look on the outside, you look on the inside. And so, Lord, move in hearts today, and I pray, God, that the altars will be filled with people who just want to do business with you, and we give you praise and glory. For it's in Jesus' name I pray and ask all these things. Amen. While we stand and while we sing a verse of invitation.